Blog Talk Radio. This broadcast of the PJC Media Network seeks to present wholesome, thought-provoking, and entertaining content. However, the views expressed by the hosts of PJC Media are theirs and theirs alone. They do not reflect the views of this network or its affiliates. Please utilize listener discretion. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White show. Each week, we feature different topics concerning issues that sometimes can be difficult to talk about. These issues concern children and adults who may be autistic, have Asperger's, or have mental disorders of any kind. We will discuss law enforcement and how they interact with these persons. Now, let's start the show. Hello, hello, hello. Well, welcome to another Friday at the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White show. I'm your host with the most, Maceo Coleman. And we also have uh, the hostess with the mostest, Miss Jenny White. How you doing? You with us, Jenny? Oh. Jenny White. Oh, okay. Let's see what's going on. Jenny. All right. Well, Jenny will be in shortly. Uh, Oogie doogie. You with us? No, this is me. This is Dorothy. Oh, hey, Dorothy. How you doing? I'm good. And you? Good, good. Look like uh, Jenny's call just dropped. So we'll get back with Jenny shortly. So we got another Friday in February, Black History Month, February 20. 23rd. I hope everybody's doing great. And we're going to talk about, there's so many things to talk about. We're going to talk about the colonization of Africa. We're going to talk about how it started, why it started, and what it means to the population of Africa and the people of Africa. Uh, The colonization of Africa. You with us, Jenny? Yes. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? All right. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. We got hello, a new anyway. Uh Hello. <laughs> I'd like to see the one. That's 214-413-8998. All right. Well, you ain't got to you ain't got to call the numbers out. What you we gonna get started with well, the show first. Let's let's get the party started. I wanted first. them to say something. <laughs> let's get Hello, the party started. Good evening. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Jenny. No, I was just saying I wanted uh, someone to say hi. That's all. Okay. Well, we. But get I guess to the they didn't want to say anything. Hello. Hi. This is me. You called my number out. <laughs> this is me, Robin. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Thank you for allowing me to be on the show. You're welcome. And I got somebody else. Who is that? Margaret. Uh, 
That's what I thought. <laughs> hey, Miss Margaret. Hey, Margaret. Hello. Oh. Hey, my baby. Okay. All right, Mr. Colvin. All right. And we, we finished with the family reunion? Family reunion? Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got, I got another person. You know what, say. Nate? What? We are. We have been missing a family member for two weeks now. Where is? Um. Um. Oh, I forgot her name. Just that quick. Lucy. Lucy. Oh, Lucy. Yes, she's had. This was uh, something going on for this month with the kids. She had to do it. That's why she hasn't been here. Okay. All right, Mace, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we are, uh, everybody's saying hi, I got a couple people want to say hi. Say hello. Hi, uh, <laughs> Hey, baby, how you doing? Good. Tyler, you okay? Baby, say hi. Say hi. Hi. All right. Hi, baby. All right, well. <laughs> We got both both the G G daughters over here hanging out with uh oh. grandpa oh. with papa. Oh. So, all right, so I guess we'll uh get to this show. Teach them about Africa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like Africa. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> never they're never too young to learn. Hi. Not yeah, that's all. true. Hi. Yeah. Mommy wants to go to Hi, Africa. Baby. Mommy wants to go to Africa for her birthday. Okay. All right. Since we all distracted now. <laughs> bye bye. Okay. Bye. Right. Be, be quiet here. Take it back in the back. <laughs> Take it back in the back so we get this get show going. They'll be in at Africa in a minute. I can't uh-huh. wait to see you. Oh. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, the colonization of Africa began with the Berlin Conference of 1884 and 1885, also known as the Congo Conference. They met on November 15, 1884, and it ended on February 26, 1885. The conference contributed to ushering in a period of heightened colonial activity by European powers. The scramble for Africa was at full speed and included 13 European countries and the United States. This plan was designed to keep Africa and its children poor and in a dominated and defeated condition. Now, the Berlin Conference. Also known as the Congo Conference. Uh, was held on November 15, 1884, and it adjourned on February 26, 1885, with the signature of a general act regulating the European colonization and trade in Africa during the new imperialism period. The conference was organized by Otto von Bismarck, the first chancellor of Germany at the request of King Leopold II. The General Act of Berlin can be seen as the formalization of the scramble for Africa, that's what they called it, that was already in full swing. Some historians, however, warn against an overemphasis of its role 
in the colonial partitioning of Africa and draw attention to bilateral agreements concluded before and after the conference. The conference contributed to ushering in a period of heightened colonial activity by European powers once made the point that the Berlin Conference was responsible for the old carve-up of Africa. Other writers have also laid the blame in the partition of Africa on the doors of the Berlin Conference. All right, they're repeating themselves. All right, so give you a little background. Prior to the conference, European diplomats approached African rulers and the French leaders had already invaded some parts of Lagos in the same manner as they had in the Western Hemisphere by establishing a connection to local trade networks. In the early 1800s, the European demand for ivory, which was then often used in the production of luxury goods, led many European merchants into the interior markets of Africa. European spheres of power and influence were limited to coastal Africa at this time as Europeans had only established trading posts protected by gunboats up to this point. So in 1876, King Leopold II of Belgium, who had founded and controlled the International African Association the same year, invited Henry Morton Stanley to join him in researching and civilizing the continent. In 1878, the International Congo Society was also formed with more economic goals, but still closely related to the former society. Leopold secretly bought off the foreign investors in the Congo society, which was turned into, turned into imperialistic goals with the African society serving primarily as a philanthropic front. So this is what King Leopold II is doing. So from 1878 to 1885, Stanley returned to the Congo, not as a reporter, but as Leopold's agent with the secret mission to organize what would become known as the Congo Free State soon after the closure of the Berlin Conference in August 1885. French agents discovered Leopold's plans, and in response, France sent its own explorers to Africa in 1881. French naval officers, officer Pierre de Braza was, dis- was dispatched to Central Africa, traveled into the Western Congo Basin, and raised the French flag over the newly founded Brazzaville. So this French naval officer went to Africa, Central Africa, and raised the French flag over, and he didn't rename the whole village Brazzaville after itself, in what is now the Republic of Congo. So finally, Portugal, which had essentially abandoned a colonial empire in the area long held through the mostly defunct proxy kingdom of Congo with a K, also claimed the area based on old treaties with Restoration-era Spain and the Catholic Church. It quickly made a treaty on 26th of February, 1884, with its former ally, Great Britain, to block off the Congo society's access to the Atlantic. So these European nations, are, you know, they, they, they get ready to have a, 
a war on in Africa against each other, fighting over certain sections of it. So now, you know, we've got um, we've got France over there, and then you know, uh, French uh, explorers, and we've got Leopold, King Leopold over there. So in the early 1880s, many factors, including diplomatic successes, greater European local knowledge, and the demand for resources such as gold, timber, and rubber, triggered dramatically increased European involvement in the continent of Africa. Stanley's charting of the Congo River Basin in 1874 to 1877 removed the last terra incognita from European maps of the continent. So the terra incognita, what that is, it's a Latin word, um, and it's a term used in cartography for regions that have not been mapped or documented. So that's what terra incognita is. It's a term used in cartography for regions that have not been mapped or documented. Okay, so let's go back to where we were at. So delineating the areas of British, Portuguese, French, and Belgian control, these European nations raced to annex territory that might be claimed by rivals. So everybody trying to beat each other to parts of Africa, British, Portugal, French, and Belgium. So France moved to take over Tunisia, one of the last of the Barbary states, using a claim of another piracy incident. French claims by Pierre de Brazard were quickly acted on by the French military, which took control of what is now the Republic of Congo in 1881 and Guinea in 1884. Italy became part of the Triple Alliance, an event that upset Bismarck's carefully laid plans and led Germany to join the European invasion of Africa. In 1882, realizing the geopolitical extent of Portuguese controls on the coast, but seeing penetration by France, by France eastward across Central Africa towards Ethiopia, the Nile and the Suez Canal, Britain saw its vital trade route through Egypt to India threatened. Because of the collapse, Egyptian financing, and a subsequent mutiny in which hundreds of British subjects were murdered or injured, Britain intervened in the normally in the in the anomaly Ottoman Egypt, which is which it controlled for decades. Now, the Ottoman Empire, historically and colloquially known as the Turkish Empire, was an empire that controlled much of Southeast Southeast Europe, West Asia, and North Africa between the 14th and the 20th centuries. The empire also controlled parts of Southeastern Central Europe. That's the Ottoman Empire. Okay. Okay, you finished crying? Okay, come here. Okay, be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> All right. Okay. 
Hold on. I got some company now. Okay. So we're going to finish talking about the conference. So the European race for colonies made Germany start launching expeditions of its own, which frightened both British and French statesmen, hoping to quickly soothe the brewing conflict Belgian King Leopold II convinced France and Germany that common trade in Africa was in the best interest of all three countries. Under support from the British and the initiative of Portugal, Otto von Bismarck, the Chancellor of Germany, called on representatives of 13 nations in Europe, as well as the United States, to take part in the Berlin Conference in 1884 to work out a joint policy on the African continent. The conference opened on the 15th of November, 1884, and closed on February 26, 1885. The number of plenipotentiaries varied by nation. Now, the the plenipotentiaries... and I'm going to explain this word. It's a little tongue twister. Is a diplomat who has full powers, authorization to sign a treaty or convention on behalf of a sovereign. When used as a noun more generally, the word can also refer to any person who has full powers. As an adjective, it describes something which confers full powers. And some, uh, you, you know, you have a potentate in the Masons. Um, and so this is a plenty potentiaries attended from each country, and they vary so, by nation. Go ahead. Um, you were saying that uh, someone has just, uh, wanted to keep Africa and the children poor. Yes. All these nations that have colonized Africa have not done it to uh, benefit the African people. They've done it to benefit themselves and their countries. They say France has over 80 banks in, in Africa. And so I'm going to uh, play a little brief uh snippet probably less than a minute from Dr. Arikana Shihombori Kwa. And she's a former permanent representative of the African Union to the United States. She's a medical doctor and activist. She's a public speaker, educator, and diplomat. She's a founder of medical clinics and an entrepreneur. And she was born in Zimbabwe and moved to the U.S. after living many years there. So just listen to what she has to say about the colonization of Africa. Okay, let me me get this going here. Okay, let me try this again. Having a little technical difficulties, but it's all good. We're going to make it happen. 
Oh, okay, here we go. Over how to distribute the loot from the Africans. 
So pretty soon they were getting ready to have a European war on the African soil. The then Chancellor of Germany, Bismarck, realizing they're getting ready to have a European war on the African soil, called his sidekick, who by then was having havoc in the Congo, King Leopold. He said, let's bring all colonizers together. Let's meet in Berlin, Germany. Let's organize ourselves so we can effectively loot from these monkeys. So it was in 1884, from November to 1885 in February, they met in Berlin, the colonizers, not to sit with the Africa prospect. They met in Berlin to organize themselves so they could effectively loot from the Africans. They also met for another reason. They also met to organize themselves so they can make sure that Africa and her children are forever defeated and dominated. I repeat, 135 years ago, they met to organize themselves to see to it that Africa and her children on the continent and abroad are forever defeated and dominated. 135 years later, 2019, nothing has changed. Berlin Conference gave up countries like Gambia, Djibouti, Burundi, Central African Republic, Togo, Lesotho, Iswatini. The list goes on. As a matter of fact, all African countries. And they did one more thing. They took all these little bitty countries. They, did, they, they, they had this great big old map of Africa across from them, strategizing. The more powerful the kingdoms were, the more they got along together, the more countries that came out of there. And the more languages that came out of there. Picture yourself driving from Zambia. You're speaking English. And pretty soon you are in Angola. Just speaking Portuguese. And pretty soon you are in Yarrow. Just speaking French. Pretty soon you are in Equatorial Guinea. Just speaking Spanish. Pretty soon you are in Cameroon. You're back. English. Northern Cameroon. French. Pretty soon you are in Nigeria. English. Who does that? <laughs> this was all by design to cause maximum destruction of a people. Give it a generation, the people who used to be one will not even know that they were related. History tells us that a husband and wife went to bed in Zambia. When they woke up, the wife was in Zambia, then the husband was in Malawi. That's how arbitrary the divisions were. The divisions were done in Berlin, while the Africans were on the continent minding their own business. All to see to it. That Africa and her children are forever defeated in them. And the purposes of our own share. All right. So, as you heard it straight from her mouth, you know, the colonization. Well, I didn't get a lot of it. You couldn't, what, you couldn't understand it? Uh, A lot of it, yes. Well, let me explain what she said. She said, pretty much paraphrasing it, that because the colonization states that were, you know, uh, 
countries that were right next okay. to each other and kingdoms that were right next to each other uh, were speaking the language of the colonizers. And after a generation or so, the people wouldn't even know that they're related. You know, you've got, that's just like driving, you know, you're talking English here, you drive to Chicago, you speak in Spanish, you go down to Atlanta, they speak in French, then you go over to Pittsburgh or Ohio, they speak in another language. So that's what they did to Africa. And so she was saying that after a while, people won't even know that they're related to each other. So that's like we're up here in Detroit speaking English and our relatives down in Atlanta speaking French. And after a generation, we might not even know each other. So this is what they've done to Africa and the population. At this, uh, all the while, keeping, keeping them poor while they get rich and sending their money back over to their countries. And so... Um, that's what, you know, has taken place over in Africa. And I don't think that we really pay too much attention to it. Um, you know, similarly to the, uh, the war that they have over in Palestine, where Israel's bombing Palestine and Gaza and killing all the women, children, and the men over there. Um, they are doing the same thing. The same thing is being done in the Congo where there's a war and the displacement of the people in the Congo. And if you've seen any pictures, you know, you've got thousands of people on these African roads, dirt roads, walking with whatever they can carry because they've been displaced, you know, homeless. But they don't talk, they're not talking about that. You know, they're talking about all these, you know, all the Jews over in Palestine killing each other, you know. So back to this colonization. Uh, the 13 nations there Germany, Austria, Hungary, International Congo Society, Spain, Denmark, United States, France. United Kingdom, Italy, Netherlands, Portugal, Russia, Sweden, Norway were all involved. And the general act of this Berlin conference fixed the following points. Partly to gain public acceptance, the conference resolved to end slavery by African and Islamic powers. Thus, an international prohibition of the slave trade throughout their respected spheres was signed by the European members. In his novella, Heart of Darkness, Joseph Conrad sarcastically referred to one of the participants at the conference, the International Association of the Congo, Congo also called International Congo Society, as the International Society for the suppression of savage customs. The first name of this society had been the International Association for the Exploration and Civilization of Central Africa. But, you know. So let me ask you 
are these the same people that have started to fight in 18 and they're still doing that? Well, they're not fighting. They, they, the reason that they formed this coalition to colonize Africa was because we're all there in the mad scramble to, to annex certain parts of Africa and they were getting ready to start fighting. They were getting ready to have a war, European war in Africa. And so they decided, you know, if you can't, if you can't beat them, join them. So they figured, you know, they would get further if they all had their own territories. And so that's what they did. They divided it up. So the properties so occupied they're still, by still fighting? They're not fighting, but they're still over in Africa. Africa's still colonized. So in parts of Africa, you, you know, you go to, they'll be speaking French. In other parts, they might be speaking German. Some, they may be speaking Spanish. So, to anybody that's ever been over to Africa. So, the properties occupied by King Leopold, Belgium's king, the International Congo Society, the name used in the General Act, was confirmed that the societies, International Congo Society, that's what they called all the properties occupied by King Leopold. So on August 1st, 1885, a few months after the closure of the Berlin Conference in February, Leopold's vice administrator general in the Congo, Francis de Winton, announced that the territory was henceforth called the Congo Free State, a name that in fact was not in use at the time of the conference and does not appear in the general act. So they changed the name in August. The Belgian official law gazette later stated that the same on August 1st and onwards, Leopold II was to be considered sovereign. Be quiet. Sovereign of the new state. So the 14 signatory powers would have free trade throughout the Congo Basin as well as Lake Malawi and east of it in an area south of uh, five degree north, wherever that ends up. The Niger and Congo rivers were made free for ship to ship traffic. The principle of effective occupation based on effective occupation was introduced to prevent powers from setting up colonies in name only. Any fresh, any fresh act of taking possession of any portion of the African coast would have to be notified by the power taking possession or assuming a protectorate to the other signatory powers. So if you plan on taking any possession of uh, African on the coast, you would have to be notified. You would have to notify the council and let them know that, you know, you plan on 
taking over this particular area. So definition of well, I wouldn't be trying to get there if they're doing all that. Well, they've been doing it over 100. They've been doing it over 130 years. We got enough fighting over here. Well, they're not fighting. They just have taken over Africa. So if you go to Africa, that's what you're dealing with. Well, I don't want to go. <laughs> okay, well, you know, you you stay in America and for 400 years. <laughs> America, you know, well, for over 250 years, America was, was had slaves, and you still live here. And I the know. Black people here still are under and oppression. And I'm sure there are still some here. Still some what here? Slaves. Yes. Where in America? It could be. Oh, okay, that's a whole nother show right there. Yes, it about, is. Hold on, baby. You talking about slaves in America? I'm gonna have to write that down. I got, I got a little baby trying to get my attention. What you want? Here. Here. Well, I'm just saying that uh, I think there are still, because we still have. Uh, the other colored person, you know they're going to have some of uh, us in the homes doing the cooking or whatever. Yeah, but you should be getting paid. It shouldn't be free labor. they are. (laughs) Okay, then that's not slavery. Everybody needs a job. Oh, that's what you... Okay. That doesn't mean that they're not getting, um, giving the right number of uh, dollars. So, you know, it's just, I'm just saying that I believe that there are uh, black people in homes and working. There are a whole lot of black people in homes working. I know some, but they're getting paid. They're not working for free, and they leave and go home. So you still thinking you you still thinking about the movie Get Out, huh? You think some black people working as slaves? I know what I'm saying is they're probably still here. And it doesn't mean that they're making thousands of dollars, but I would not be, uh, I would really would think that there are some black people that are in the White House. Okay. Let me say something. My, My father's sister died when she was 97, I'm sorry, 102 years old. She worked for a white family. They treated her as well as they treated their other family members, and they paid her well. When she passed, they came to my father's sister's other sister's house and told us, we know that she's uh, at this certain age, 
you all aren't going to be getting the, the full benefit of the policy that you have. We're paying for the funeral. You set it up however you want, How the food afterwards. Do you want a hall afterwards for the family members? So it, I, I am in agreement with May. There are families out here that still hire black people, but they're going to those houses voluntarily. They're not being forced into those homes. There is a standard rate of pay that they'll either take or they'll say no. So, to me, it's voluntarily. Well, but on the same token, there are cases now, you know, I'm sure you've all heard about or read about where, you know, people have these undocumented workers, you know, Hispanic or otherwise, that are here illegally that are working at the home, whether it's down in Florida where they had all the illegal immigrants down there and DeSantis ran them out, you know, or in Texas where, you know, you're getting all this uh, free labor, you know. uh. So there are people that are being exploited, you know, for, uh, for their services there. So now everybody's not getting paid. I don't believe everybody's getting paid. I believe that there are some people that in the past wouldn't have been getting paid that are getting paid, but there are still a number of people that are here in America that are either working under the table or working for free for housing and food. Um, And, you know, you'll, you'll see some of these senators and, and things like that, you know, who've gotten in trouble because they've had, illegal um, undocumented workers working in their homes, you know, whether they're landscaping or whether or not, or whether they're watching the kids or whatever. So, so there's still, you know, involuntary servitude going on and people working um, either for slave wages or no wages at all. So, so I think, you know, I would have to concur with you, Jenny White, on on that fact whether they're black or otherwise i'm sure most of them are brown you know in in that sense i don't know how many european au pairs are over here not getting paid to watch these children so america is america um but africa is africa and the thing about it is like the uh, doctor was saying Dr. Arikana, is that there were some powerful kingdoms over there. Now, some were defeated and some were sold out. Um, But the the thing is that right now, uh, Africa has been colonized. And if you ever have an opportunity to look at a map, the comparison of Africa uh, prior to 1880, it looks a whole lot different as being independent as it does now. You know, you've got these different colors of the map from south, and then they renamed everything, you know, uh, 
Southwest Africa, German Southwest. You know, you got Swaziland. Little girl. Little girl. Same <laughs> choir rehearsal. You got Swaziland, South, Southern Rhodesia, Northern Rhodesia, Angola, um, Madagascar, the island was even, well, a former colony, 1896. It says former. So, you know, if you ever get an opportunity, take a look. Um, they even have Sierra Leone on the coast. You know, and they have them in color, so it's British. Nigeria is is British. Um, and, you know, they've just renamed everything. So it's a shame how French Equatorial Africa, you know, how they've gone over and, and taken over because they're taking out all the natural resources in the country and exporting them back. And so the debt that Africa is acquiring, the debt that Africa is acquiring can only be paid back in American dollars. So, so if it takes, thank you. If it takes say a thousand African dollars to, well, let's say, and this is just for, Terms of comparison, I don't know the the actual rate of rate of conversion, but say it takes a thousand dollars of African money for say one hunch for one hunch for one hundred dollars of American money, the African debt can only the, the African debt. Can, the African debt can only well, be paid. Well, I can't hear you. I can't hear me either. <laughs> can you be quiet? I know you're missing. You know, uh, I just thought about uh, what was the uh, lady's, uh, what is her name? And I haven't seen her in a minute. But she was the one that had the uh, the school over there for kids. Yeah, yeah. So is she, does she still have a school? Because I haven't heard anything about her or the school. I think that's gone. Why why would it be gone? Because they would say something, you know, every long while. She still owns the school. I'm sure the school is still there. It? I mean, she used to have her yeah, show, she so still you, owns it. you would hear about it when she had her show because she was on TV every day. But you know, I'm sure she has a whole lot of different interests that we don't know about. But a lot of the young ladies there have graduated, have since graduated, and are now pursuing their professions and things of that nature. But yeah, I'm sure she still has a school. Mm, I don't know. I mean, you know, it just seems like she would have said something, you know, and let people know that she's still running it. Well, but she ain't got to let nobody know. Be. I mean, you ain't, you ain't always got to let people know your business. I mean, they ain't helping. So, you know, you, you handle your own business. You ain't got to tell nobody what you're doing. 
unless you ask for some money or some help. Other than that, you handle your business and you do what you do. You ain't got to be advertising just so people know what you do. That's like, you know, you yeah. you give and you don't that's give. Been, that's been a long time now. Well, she hasn't been on TV in years. Yeah, she, she doesn't have a TV show. She used to be on TV every day. Now, when she comes on TV now, she's talking to other people about other uh, th- about what they doing. Yeah. Right, but she was on an interview when Color Purple came out, and they asked her, did the school still exist? And she said it did. What, the new Color Purple? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the new Color Purple. Oh, okay. Hmm. Anything else, Lady White? No, I was just wondering. If she, you know, was doing, because, you know, you got a lot of people that like to tear up stuff. They like to do what? Tear up things. Like, remember years and years ago when the black people had their little, um, their town? And they had money and this and that. And then all of a sudden, ooh, it was burned up, down. So, and there was some uh, years ago when someone asked uh, our, what is it, downtown, and they asked if we could have, you know, black people could have their little uh, spot. And they told, they were told, no, N-O. What, you talking about African town as compared to Mexican Mexican village and Well, they wanted to be, yeah. It it existed. It existed, but they tore it down maybe about 10, 15 years ago, and it was called Black Bottom. Oh, that's been gone a long time, way before that. Yes, it has. Yes, yeah, it has. They tore, they tore Black Bottom down. Yeah, when they but they were the asked, asking. And they were well, like, you know they're rebuilding it right now. Well, I don't know that. I heard them talking about it. I haven't heard much about it since then. I know it's supposed to be over there by where 375 is. And that's so, where it originally started at. Yeah, so so that... Uh, well, it would be nice. When black people came here from the South to come work at the auto um, factories, that's where the black people went to was to black bottom that's when my father came and my mother came here from Kentucky that's where they went to that's where they lived at was in black bottom and I remember them saying that there were it was one house and it was 10 different families in that one house oh yeah I mean we depended on each other just like you know, all these other immigrants do. Right. Especially because we were segregated. 
We have we didn't have many options. We had to depend on each other. That's why we had our own gas stations and and stores and and everything else. And then but once you we know, got segregated, uh, a lot of us, a lot of us don't want to, you know, go and use our own stuff. They well, rather you know, go to somebody else's. That's part of the problem. Our, our money, you know, we spend over two two trillion dollars a year, and our money doesn't circulate in our community more than one time. You know, if if it hmm. circulates in it at one time, so that's you know one of our biggest problems is supporting one another and uh, right. coming up with a campaign to support black-owned businesses. And so, you know, until, Certainly until right. we do that, you know, we'll continue to be in the situation and circumstances that we're in here in America. We'll never get ahead because it'll be pretty much every man for himself to each his own, as opposed to trying to raise a generation or 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 a nation within a nation. Um, and then once if that was the even began to start taking place, uh, they would throw a monkey wrench in that so fast. They would, you know, they would come in and and try to um, derail that quickly. So, you know, that would be a quite interesting uh, proposition. Once we we once well, we, I've heard something uh, like people right. are coming over here, and uh, it seems that they want to, at some point, uh, have our USA. So I don't know. If that's true, but it could be. People coming over here, they want to do what? Buying up things. Oh, they've been buying up things. America's for sale. I mean, half of New York belongs to Dubai. Yeah, and then China owns, China has this share of property and real estate and land. Now, they were also talking about um, uh, re-putting some new legislation in where these uh, park lands and state lands can be leased uh, to the point where they could start selling them. They can't do it right now, but there's been talk about Mm -hmm. putting some legislation out where they can start leasing these parks and all this other land that, you know, uh, can't be sold right now and probably, you know, make it to where they can sell it to the highest bidder or or lease it for 99 years like Detroit did, Belle Isle to the state, leased it for 99 years. Hmm. How many generations is that? You're right. 
Yeah, so, you know, um, we can go on in regards to the colonization of Africa just to talk about the injustices that have been done, you know, what the uh, agenda is um, and what, you know, what they've uh, been doing. Uh, and what the aftermath is because, you know, the aftermath, they said the conference provided an opportunity to channel latent European hostilities towards one another outward, provide new areas of assisting the European powers, expanding in the face of rising America, Russian, and Japanese interests, and form constructive dialogue to limit future hostilities against the European nations, against one another. In Africa, colonialism was introduced across nearly all the continent when African independence was regained after World War II. It was in the form of fragmented states. So, mm-hmm. well, right now they say, you know, that... China has a 30-year plan where, you know, they, they're investing so many billions of dollars there because they've got so many people in China that, you know, Africa doesn't have nothing but space. So they're, you know, trying to bring these Chinese over here, and then they've got these Chinese prisoners and, and workers over here, over there, impregnating the African women. And, you know, they'll raise the kids over in Africa and then, you know, they'll get scholarships to go to college in China. And then they'll come back and be prime ministers and, 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 and run, you know, certain African countries. So, uh, so China's positioning themselves right now. You know, China's in Jamaica <laughs> You know, China's in a whole lot of places you wouldn't think they they are. You know, so so it's uh it's global. While a lot of people are only thinking about what's going on locally and in their neighborhood, it's a bigger plan. You know, it's a it's a, <laughs> a global plan. It's a world plan. That affects everybody, just like what they're trying to do now here with this election coming up, um, you know, between Trump and Biden. And, you know, Trump's Please already told us what he's going to do. Yeah, no, he, he's not mixing words. No, because he wants to be the leader and he will stop the uh, voting. Yeah, he want to be it forever. Yeah. Yeah. So. I hope he. Oh, if he gets in again, that's not fair because he got so much stuff that's wrong. I don't know why they let him do that anyway. Well, remember Revelation: Satan will be reigning in high places. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's just like here. And, you know, a lot of the 
the uh, representatives in Dearborn are against the war in Palestine, against Israel committing genocide against the Palestinians. And because America and Biden supports it, you know, they're talking about giving him a vote of, what is it, no not, no confidence or some type of vote of, I uh, can't remember the exact term of the what they're saying. Instead of voting for Biden or Trump, vote, you know, non-committed or something like that in the primary. Now, I don't know if they're talking about doing that in the general election as well. But, you know, they're not they're not happy with the fact that America is supporting, you know, the genocide going on over in Palestine. And it's not getting any better. It's getting worse. It, you know, they're trying to wipe those people out. So it's uh, it's a lot going on, and, and we're living through it. And you got that right. It's just a matter of understanding what we're living through so that we can navigate appropriately to better position ourselves and our families and, and our kids and Anybody else that'll listen so that they can be aware. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, some of these kids are coming by and just putting their kids over. They're not doing it. They're putting their kids over. And I think that's horrible. That is horrible. And these kids are getting uh, torn up. They're getting torn up. What are you talking? You talking about in Palestine? No, I'm talking about when they're putting the fence to get to America. Some of these parents are just putting their children over the fence. Mm. They showed that in uh, on TV, and I don't know why they would let their kids do that. And then they're, you know, mess with the kids. So I, I don't. But the kids are messed up right here too. Hmm. The kids are messed up here too, and I see it every day. Parents don't take the time to ask their children, how was your day today? And we can tell in the schools what what parents are really involved and what parents aren't. It's just the way that kids interact with each other and just their behavior. A lot of kids act out because they have no one to talk to at home. Nobody cares how they day was. So they come and act out. So they can get some type of, you know, even though it's, you know, when you get home, you're going to be put on punishment. That's something to them because it's like, ooh, my mom and dad are talking to me. Otherwise, if I don't act up in school, nobody says anything. So it seems like sometimes the kids do get the short end of the stick a lot of times. And that's unfortunate. 
Because if you, you know, if you decide to be a parent, you have to protect the kids. Just like the police take an oath to protect the blues, to, you know, take care of the citizens, to protect, you know, the the less fortunate. You know, as a parent, you don't necessarily take an oath, but you should. I'm going to protect my kids at all costs. You know, whatever they need, I'm going to provide. You know, I'm not going out buying $400 shoes and PS5 if they need notebook and pencil in school. You know, we have to teach our kids priorities. So, you know, I just don't understand how these parents dress these kids down, but they don't bring paper and pencil. They're asking us, can we have a pencil? Why are you not coming prepared? So we're setting them up. We're no different from the people over in the other country. Well, that's always been like that. And a lot of times. will be. Well, a lot of times the teachers are buying all the stuff that they need for the kids. We are. So that's been, well, that's been going on a long time. That's it. Does. We are. It's still. Because if we don't thing. buy them, the parents are not going to buy them. So we can't have the kids well, last the whole don't. year. Yeah. We don't. But then you have some that are, you know, they want their kids. But we have a lot of uh, teachers that are leaving. So it's tr- it's a stressful job. Yes, it is. But a lot of times, kids don't want to be listening, and oh, it's just it, it just seems like it's getting it's worse. terrible. Oh, it and is. That that, that uh, that's really bad. So a lot of them not gonna get what they need because a lot of them already missed two years. Remember? We had two years. Yeah, with COVID and they had to do everything online. Yeah. And they missed it. And then when they came back, then it was supposed that they had to get uh, graduated. See, and, you know, they missed it. They missed it. A lot of kids missed it. Missed it. But see, if your well, if your child was already doing well, it shouldn't have been a big problem. It was just now you're taking the actual school, the building, you know, you're taking that away from them, and now you're sitting them in front of a computer for six and a half hours, you know, doing work. So mm-hmm. I mean. That was better than them just chilling at home every day and not getting instruction. It was tough. Online was tough. But it was, you know, they had to get acclimated once everything was cleared after two years. They had to get acclimated back into the building. So a lot of, you know, bad habits that the child has developed or already had, we had to kind of, Get them, okay, we had to get them back focused, and that took a lot. 
because they weren't used to being back in the school. So it just seems like once the kids have a break, we have to reacclimate them to the classroom. And I'm like, man, you taking too much time to try to say, hey, okay, we're back now, you know, because this ain't like these kids' brains is on vacation all the time. <laughs> and it's hard to get them focused. If we really care about our kids like we claim, we have to go back to the drawing board and figure out how can we get these kids to stop feeling they're entitled because, you know, you don't get coddled in class. I tell them, I'm not going to coddle you. You go home with that. But that is self-entitlement, thinking it's all about you, you don't care. You can stay home for that. Your parents can homeschool. You don't have to come here every day. What what age group of children are you working with? Second grade. That's what you're telling them, second graders? Yeah, <laughs> you have to. I can't go in there. Dang. Oh, baby, it's okay. You, 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 you. I can't like do that. So that's tough love, no, because they, they come in there like, I don't want to do it. I'm tired. I didn't do this. I went to bed at 3 o'clock. Baby, you telling me all your issues, but for right now, you're going to learn between eight twenty and three twenty. You talking about a seven year old? I do. Okay. I can't I can't baby that because they feel like, okay, if I tell you what I don't wanna do, then you're gonna to have to abide by what I don't wanna do. Baby, look, I don't wanna get up at five thirty every morning to come in here to hear your complaints. So but I'm here. Because if I don't sleep, so your complaints is not valid right now, especially if you went to bed at 3. Where, why are you going to bed at 3 knowing you got to be back in here to eat breakfast at 7.30? Oh, no. So, sound, I, yeah, I tell sounds like Sounds like you need to be a little more nurturing to these children to, to, help, to help with the, their current situations or maybe their home situations. But no, but if. But if they're like they telling me what they're not they go going to do, then I have a problem with it. I have a problem with you not going to tell me to do what you're not going to do what I asked you to do at seven. No, 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 that don't work in here. So if your parent or whoever sent you here, you're going to sit down and learn like everybody else. I don't care that you don't want to be here. That's not my problem. But since you're here, you're going to learn like everybody else. Because once I start saying, oh, baby, it's okay, then all 29, the rest of the class going to want to do that. And I'm not dealing with that. No, hold on. Now, if it's a valid excuse or something is really going on, then I'll pull you to the side or take you to the counselor. But if you're telling me I don't have to do that and I don't have to do this, wait a minute, we're going to have a problem. Because the kids are watching, and if that per if that kid get away with it, then all twenty nine of them are going to get away with it. And I'm the only one in that class, so time out with all of that. I'm not gonna have an uproar in my classroom. So what I'm gonna tell you to do is sit down, be quiet, so you can learn something. And I tell them I passed the second grade. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> Ooh, I can, so I can just imagine you with them, kinder, with them kindergartners. <laughs> the kindergartners were different. Them kid, them the kindergartners don't stand no. a chance. They, they don't. They don't. 
<laughs> they she's just dealing. She's just dealing with our future, Karen. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And they think they entitled. Like, I don't care. Oh, who, baby? I don't know who put that I don't care in your brain, but for right now, you're going to care about doing this math, <laughs> about doing this science, about doing this geography. Sound like you whoop a kid's ass, huh? <laughs> I, I, I wish I could. I wish I could. Excuse me. Hey, no, she doesn't. No, I'm sorry. Right. I, yes. Yes. Are I you had a kid that I don't know. No, but you know what? Enough of that. You know, you act tough, but hold on here. You're not going to run over me in my own classroom. I'm the adult, so we got to have some type of order. I can't have an uproar. With 30 students in my class, 37-year-olds, thinking they can whoop me? I don't think so. I'm going to bring you back down. Yeah. Hold on, partner. We ain't playing that. I'm not your friend. Don't talk to me like that. I had one kid that was trying to break my arm. First grade. Or was he second grade? He was second grade. So that's what I'm saying. I, I ain't got time for that. Look here. So, no, you have to... Control your classroom because if not, some kids, some kids don't smell fear, and you have to. And I let you, you've been in the classroom with 37-year-olds? Oh, no, I can't tell me nothing. Ugh. But, um, yeah, I, I go in there and be um, the military sergeant. They like, ooh, oh, my goodness. Ugh. Yeah. And I have had kids to go to sleep in the class. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm burnt out. Okay. I turned off the light and I said, everybody put your head down. <laughs> I sure did. I sure did. Because I have to stay sane at the end of the day. If I can't snatch you up, everybody got to go to sleep. Yep. Everybody got to go to sleep. So I did and I do. Because they have to learn the consequences. To your actions. They have to learn that early. You're not getting it at home, so now I got to be your mama, your counselor, your pastor, your neighbor. I have to be all of this in one in six and a half hours a day. When do you learn? Well, you know what? You'll, you'll know how to take it. You'll be able to do it. We I mean, know. I'm doing we it, know. but. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. So, you know, some kids are good and some are not. Well, some are good like that. Some are good, some are bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. But, but you have to thing. know what works with you, though, because what the teacher next door does may not necessarily work for me, or what I do may not necessarily work for her. So you have to know what works with your classroom and your kids. Yeah, that's true. Because it's not one you size fits it, all. You get it. You get it. You get it. Oh, yeah. I'll get, I've been getting it. So, yeah, okay. I'm just saying, right. you know, I show up every day, so at least that tells them I care. Or you want okay. to get paid. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, right. that's what I'm saying. So... <laughs> right 
But I still you throw some of them dollars up here. <laughs> Teachers don't make a lot of money anyway, and I think that's across the board. That's not just down well, here. Well, you Texas can teachers, throw a, a couple of teachers. those up here. What? Them dollars. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're underpaid. We're we're understaffed like the police. So, <laughs> but um. Oh, well. I'm not gonna talk about this. But yeah, I mean, but it's you know, you can't evening. you can't do it for the money because you're really not getting paid. But you yeah. you know you show up you for the do kids. What you can do, yeah, that's true. And it's not all about the money sometimes because all money ain't good money. But you know, that's for sure, you show up that's anyway for, sure. for the kids. You show up for them. Yeah. And you know, down here we have no child left behind. And I don't like this bill. They need to rewrite the bill. I was talking to another teacher the other day, and I said, this is terrible. So if Johnny has only turned in two assignments from August to June, we still have to pass them. Wow. He could flunk all his classes, all that. He could sleep all day. We have to pass them because now we have to go by the state law. We can't leave them behind. We can't keep them back in second grade. We got to pass them. So if we keep passing these you know, kids, that's when they sad. get to the middle school. That's really sad. Yeah, when they get to middle school, they're not going to know how to tie their shoes. They're not going to know their colors. And then they're going to label them disabled because they think they, you know, retarded or, you know, have a disability. And they're not going to last high school. They're going to be lost. So, you know, I yeah. think that needs to be revamped. Well, because we they, can't they, keep passing these kids. They got to keep the prison system full. You know, they got to keep that prison system What, what did you say about the prison? They got to keep it full. They got to keep that pipeline full. Oh, okay. Well, they yeah. sure going to do it. And it's yeah, nice are. that um, it's almost time. We got to go. We got to go. So and some people can. right there. Yeah, right. Some people can pinpoint everything wrong about you, but when it comes to correcting themselves, pen don't work anymore. Mm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you know it is. You know it is. That's a good one. So this has been a day that any somebody else wants to say anything. Good discussion. Thank you so much. Yes. Wait a minute. We got someone. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How y'all doing? Okay, good, good. Did you have something yeah. to say before we left, before we leave? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, just real quick okay. out the door. Just to, I've been listening to y'all, but just to kind of piggyback on what she was saying, I'm in Georgia, so during that era of No Child Left Behind, they had different restrictions up here. So not only did they have the, you know, foursome up to the next grade, but they tied it to your job. So if the scores weren't proficient or they didn't show enough uh, growth, you got fired. 
So that's how you got that cheating scandal down here where people said, well, hey, if y'all going to do that, start messing around with the grades, and next thing mm-hmm. you know, you know, in order to keep their job, then they fired everybody, and then they mess around and prosecuted people and sent them to jail over that. But wow. it's all because of what she said. Right. They put that rule wow. in place that made it to where <laughs> your child your child at home ain't going to eat, even though they just moved somebody up who wasn't ready and wasn't going to be ever, you know, at level, not in time for state testing. So I just wanted to agree with y'all. That was all. <laughs> well, we thank you. <laughs> Next time but, comes yeah. a little bit sooner. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. I, I, I was just listening to y'all, so that, that was fine. Enough. I just wanted to add that point to what she said. So y'all have a good weekend. Okay. You Thanks. You too. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. And that is your black okay. history fact. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe we'll so talk about that. I said my week. little thing. Anybody yeah. else have something they want to say before we go in? Maybe we'll talk Thank about the Thank you, good show. Last weekend. Thank you, host. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for your participation. Yes. Maybe we'll talk about the yes. state of education. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to uh, talk about something that's really interesting. <clears throat> okay. Nope. Well, it's been real. So, TGIF, say bye bye. Yes. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye, baby. Yes. Uh, see y'all yeah, next Friday. Somebody been listening to us. We don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Same child. Okay. Yeah, but now she's about to get her granddad's attention again. <laughs> All right, where's the outro, Mama? Push the outro. Put the music on. Outro. We out of so here. We can go. Outro so we Good can night. go. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Goodbye. Goodbye. Night night, baby. Good night. Everybody. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us for this edition of The Right Stuff. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.